Welcome to the Hillside Podcast. We trust that you'll be impacted by listening to today's message. Lord, you're so great. You have our best at heart. And I pray that today, tonight, that we'd have a revelation of how good you are. Of your intense love towards us. And who you've destined each of us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I keep thinking about one specific thing. And for those of you who don't know, I've been away for the past month. I got to go overseas with my parents and travel around um, the U.S. a bit. There's something about going back to where generations before you were that you realize part of your inheritance is there. And so... We got to go back to my dad's hometown. I'm blown away by the decisions of generations before me impact me. I got to hear stories firsthand of like what my grand did and I've shared a bit about it before. Like she smuggled Bibles into China. She got healed of mental illness and like traveled to 50 plus nations, but I didn't realize her heart for the Lord and her vision shifted everything. The same with yours. If your heart is for God and your eyes are set on him, you do not know the generational, like the shifts that are gonna happen, your legacy basically. Just like a fun story. How many of you guys know about Chernobyl? Only knew from a series I watched, one of those superhero movies. I got to have coffee with a lady. She's like 80 something. You wouldn't think she's 80. She behaves like she's 60. And she, <laughs> she, she traveled with my grand to a few of these locations. And God told them to go to Russia or wherever Chernobyl happened. Where did Chernobyl happen? Russia? Ukraine. They were there. (laughs) Ukraine. And um, God gave them one promise of, how did she word it? Just basically they got a scripture out of the Bible and it said, like, no matter what, I think it was when Paul was shipwrecked, you'll be okay. Like, And they were like, well, that's a bit crazy. Like, we're in Ukraine. We shouldn't be here. They were traveling with tour buses. They always went that way with tour buses to be undercover when they snuck into these countries. And so they just held on to that promise. And they got on. I gave you guys the punchline. So now you're going to know what I'm talking about. But they got on the bus with these people on the tour. There was like 30 of them. Every time they got off the bus, the rain would stop. And they'd be like, okay, 
Like you had to pee in the bushes so the like guys would go one side and the girls would go other side. And so that would be the bus stops in the Ukraine. But every time they'd stop or if they would stop for gas, suddenly the rain would stop. And it didn't make sense, but they started to notice that every time they got out the bus, the rain would stop. No one knew about Chernobyl while they were in those countries. It wasn't until they arrived at the border, I think, of Finland, and people were in the hazmat suits, that they were like, did you get rained on because of the acid rain and all the things that that... Have you guys heard about the acid rain and stuff? So, basically, every time they got off the bus, without them realizing, God protected them. Wild. So much so that one, I think one or two of the people got saved on that trip because they were so frantic of like, oh, we've like been rained on. And they were like, no, we didn't get rained on. And they got checked out and they were perfectly fine. So it's like, I've just been blown away by our choices. Like my grand's choice to be on that bus saved that entire bus, in my opinion. Have you ever thought about where you've been placed and the impact you're having? It may be bigger than you ever thought. You never know who was on that bus. I'm all about the ripple effect. I love the ripple effect. But I get so sad when people are like, oh, my life's pointless. No, it's not. You don't know who you're impacting. You don't know who is going to change Things. You don't know what's going on when you are around people, if that makes sense. So I'm in this small town. My, da <laughs> my dad is from Kalinga. No one knows where that is because no one really needs to know where that is. It's in a small town in California. There's 10,000 people, half of them are in the prisons. And um, being there, I realized... If you grow up in a small town, in a small community, you kind of can cause yourself to get a small mindset. That's all you know. That's all you know. You know this much, and that's as far as it goes. So what happened with my grand getting out of that is she started to see the world, and that happened to my dad too. But I started to realize... The mindset that God gives us completely shifts everything. Are we living in the mindset of like, this is what I can see and this is where I'm going? Or are we looking heavenly wise and where are we going? Is it an eternal perspective or a circumstance perspective of right now? Where are we? Situational. So what I want to talk about is vision. I think it's a good one to start the year off. And I want to read you a quote that blew my mind. It's by P.K. Bernard. I don't know who that is. A man without a vision is a man without a future. A man without a future will always return to his past. Tactic. A man without a vision is a man without a future, and a man without a future will always return to his past. When I read that, like instantly, I started to think of the Israelites. 
when they left, they had the mindset of being slaves and that's as far as it kind of went. So they had all these wild promises, but for them to enter into it, they had to change their perspective. That to change their mindset. Or are we capable of everything God's called us to do? Does that make sense? So, is everyone awake? <laughs> um, yeah, so the Israelites, you saw, this is what, let's go to some scripture. This wasn't originally what I was going to preach on, so I just have a ton of notes everywhere. So we're just going to go with it. Everyone fine with that? <laughs> Let's go to Numbers 14. I want to just point out a few verses for you to see people who had vision despite their upbringing and those who didn't have vision. So, for example, we're actually going to go to 13. Numbers 13, 13. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. That's what he saw. He went to a land where they saw giants, where they saw crazy things, where it seemed impossible. But for him, it was like, oh, let's take possession. What the heck? Why would that be hard? Like, God's promised this to us. And then if we go down to verse 14, verse, actually, we're going to read 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness. Perspective. These guys were slaves for generations. They got pulled out of that through the Red Sea, saw wild, God do wild supernatural things, saw God provide for them, saw God's promises. But if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, from one report, one report, well, it was eight guys, but eight people, that one time changed everything. So my heart for us is to walk away knowing that if one report comes back that doesn't line up with what God's promises are, not to be shaken. Because God's given you a vision for something and he's taking you somewhere. You have the option to play the victim and go backwards. That's harsh, but it's true. I'm preaching to myself too. <laughs> or move forward to everything God has for you. Two options. We all know which one we want, but I want to talk about how we start to shift our minds and our hearts to get there and not hold ourselves back. And then they said, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Tosh. 
eights and tens. How many of us, though, have started walking into God's promise, something gone wrong, and it's just like tantrum on the floor? (laughs) Am I the only one? (laughs) So that's one view. So Caleb says, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the Israelites are like, take us back to Egypt. We'd rather die there. And then... They spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. That was Joshua and Caleb's report. So despite hearing the negative, they still stood by that and had vision of like, Hey, this is good. It's amazing. Let's go towards it. actually says later then like let's stone them with stones they wanted to stone Caleb and Caleb it's your birthday so we keep mentioning your name they wanted to stone Caleb and Joshua so we see Caleb and Joshua they had vision despite being slaves and then later we all know the story they're the ones that make it to the promised land They left an entire generation behind. They died off because they chose to like look backwards and stay the victim rather than moving forward. You have the choice to go backwards or move forward into everything God's planned for you. So close your eyes for a second. feel like God just wants to show you what you're going to do when you partner with him. I feel like he wants to actually tell you promises. If you're like first generation saved, he's going to give you promises of the generations to come that are going to serve him. And for those of you even in ministry or business, I feel like there's going to be almost like a refiring with why are you doing this? And for those of you who don't know where you're going, God's going to promise that he's got you. He really does promise that. Yeah, Lord, we thank you that you're faithful and that you're good towards us. Hey. So your life has purpose. You're going towards something. You have vision. One of the best stories I ever paid attention to was how God redeems things that we think are lost, if that makes sense, or the hardships. If we look at the promised land, we see Joshua and Caleb walking into it. But what I love 
is that when they were running from the enemy, they crossed the sea and into the, the wilderness. When they were going towards their promise, they crossed the Jordan River again. God did the same miracle, but it almost was like he redeemed something from them being victims and running to them actually marching forward into something. Does that make sense? So what you, like in the past was something you would maybe run from or you felt like the victim, you're actually going to march into the same supernatural wildness, but from a different perspective. No longer having the slavery mindset, no longer being a victim, but actually walking courageously into it. Does that make sense? Cool. Then I just want us to walk, um, walk to, turn to Matthew 25. Verse 14, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents and to another two and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also had received two talents, came and said, look, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. Again, he said, well done, faith, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Your perspective of who you think God is will dictate your vision for your life. You can live life you can hold on to what you have and do nothing with it and you'll survive. But the fact is, is he's given you stuff and you get to do something with it and with him. Your vision for your life is dictated by who you think God is. You saw servants make five, get five and um, make five. 
get to make two more. If you think God is a good God, a loving God towards you, an abundant God that gives you everything you need to run this race, you're going to run it well. If you think he is a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, he said, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. It's really intense if you keep reading on that, that chapter. But there's a weightiness to knowing who our father is. Knowing that he's for you knowing that he's good, knowing that he loves to keep your promises. I genuinely think that was one of the differences between Joshua and Caleb and the other eight or ten spies, I can't remember how, went, how many went, was that they knew that the, that God, their God, had brought them through the Red Sea, had delivered them from slavery, had done wild things, and they kept that. Your God can do the same wild things. Our God does do the same wild things. But who do you think he is? Is he kind towards you? Is he for you? Is he running after you? Hey, does that make sense? He's really good. So we get to shift our vision from what is around us situationally to what is actually our heavenly perspective. What is your heavenly perspective? One of my brother once told me while I was like having a rough patch with work and struggling slightly. I remember him saying, Chanel, like, who pays your salary? And I was like, my job? <laughs> He's like, no, God pays your salary. It shifted from my work being a specific higher level than it should have been, if that makes sense. Almost like I was fearful of losing my job to being like, okay, no, God always provides and God always has my back. That shifted things. Same with you. We, we all get to shift our vision to who God is and where he's calling us. I have so many verses and so many things, but let's end with Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord. There's a few translations that actually says victory rests with the Lord. So I want you, I've heard that so many times. But I want you to walk out of here knowing that no matter what we're facing, where we're going is way more valuable than where you're at. 
and you don't want to stay stuck where you're at. You want to start moving forward. So let's stand up. Because I'm not going to go long. We went long for worship. If your vision only holds the pot, like what you, how did I wrote it down somewhere? Basically, if your vision for your future and where God's taking you doesn't need God and it's pretty possible without him, it's probably not what he has for you. If you see your future as something that's easy to get to and it's not impossible and you're kind of playing it safe, God wants to realign that he's calling you places that are impossible because he's with you and wants to take you with them does that make sense so I want us to be a people of 2019 we're looking forward we're focused on our father we know who he is meditate on who he is every day know that he's loving know that he's kind know that he's faithful with his promises and don't Look back. The disciples walked with Jesus. He died and they went back to fishing. That's where Jesus saw them. So there's total grace because them 12 changed the world. But don't go back when you get disheartened. Keep moving forward. So lay your hands on the person next to you. Tell them how great your God is. <laughs> it's our God, but... <laughs> Tell them that God has really good plans for their life. Tell them the impact that life is going to have on other people is going to be something that they won't understand till they're in heaven. But I'm not sure if they can say all those words. But <laughs> tell them their impact is wild. And now just pray for them. Pray that they'd be aware of the value they add to the kingdom. Pray for strength and courage.
pray that their mindsets would shift to an an eternal mindset, a heavenly mindset. Now just put your hands out in front of you. Lord, I pray that we'd be so wrapped up in you. That this year we'd learn how to rest. I thank you for the vision that you're giving us. Thank you for the vision you've gave, you've already given us. And I just pray for bravery and courage over each of our hearts. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear your story if you've been encouraged by this episode. You can connect with us on Facebook or leave a review on our podcast.